This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Amen and amen. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. We're going to jump in in just a moment, but it is great to be in church together. We are not physically together, but we are in church together. And um, hey, I really want to thank our production team who has gone over and above and turned our ministry center into a broadcast location. So could we clap and honor them? I know they just worked so hard to make this possible. And uh, we're really grateful uh, to gather. To be honest, I was supposed to be right now in Sweden and uh, on about Wednesday, uh, I text the, the guys over at Hillsong Stockholm was where I was going. And I text them, I said, hey, uh, I, I don't know if this is gonna happen. I don't, and uh, they actually text back and said, yeah, in five minutes, our government is about to put out an announcement. And they announced uh, no gatherings above 500, so we canceled that. And it felt like from about Wednesday to today, it has just been kind of a moment by moment update. And uh, I know all of us are just kind of uh, catching the news as quick as we can and following. But I just want to encourage us as a church that no matter what we see as a report, we're standing in faith. We're just believing that God is good. God is with us. God's going to see us through. One of my favorite lines is from a lady that uh, spoke at Zoe Conference last year, Kayla. And Kayla lost her husband last year. And every post she posts on Instagram, she always puts hashtag God's got this I just love that thought even this last week I was thinking hashtag God's got this so I know the economy is crazy I know there's no school parents you're like the worst thing that's happened to me this last week is they've canceled school but no matter what you're going through God's got this and uh, we're really being careful and cautious as a community uh, to make sure everybody's healthy and everybody's safe and so we're not meeting uh, today, but we will see what happens in the next few weeks. And uh, like they said during announcements, we'll keep you updated as best as possible. But let's live with a sense of faith and not fear. Let's carry peace in the midst of the storm. And let's see God show up and show off. Hashtag God's got this. Come on, clap if you believe God's got this. Amen. All right. Without any further ado, let's jump into today's message. Uh, worship team. I don't know where you're going to go, but we love you so much. And we'll see you back here in uh, about 20 minutes. Okay. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to continue on in our series today. How then shall we lifestyle? We've been talking at Zoe around this idea that God works in three B's. He works in a divine order. If you haven't heard these messages, we believe at Zoe that you belong long before you believe. You belong to God, whether you like it or not. We believe our theology is that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. It wasn't just your parents that created you. We believe God made you. God knit you together when you were in your mother's womb. So we have faith that you belong to God. Kind of like how Andy wrote on all of his toys. Andy, we believe you have been written on by God. You have the mark of heaven on your life. You belong. And eventually, God, through his grace... His kindness, his mercy and compassion. He wins you over to faith. You start believing in God. 
Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. Or in other words, you could say that believing in him. So I belong, and then I believe. And as you come to faith in Jesus, you eventually become. You become the person God has called you to become. You become what God has intended for your life to develop into. So it starts with belonging, and it leads into believing, and then God works in us. He starts to put his hand on our life. The process of sanctification begins, and God starts chiseling out what shouldn't be and starts putting in what should be. You become who you're supposed to become so you can ultimately do what you're called to do. It starts with belonging, leads to believing, and eventually he starts working on becoming. We've been talking about in this becoming, God changes the way we live. He changes our lifestyle. He changes our approach to life. I want to talk today around the idea that we live a lifestyle of trust. It's not that we trust God sometimes. But when you start believing in God, you trust God at all times. It's a lifestyle of trust. It is in every facet and area of your life that you say, I trust God in my finances. I trust God in my job. I trust him in my children. I trust him with my future. I don't trust him just in one area. I trust him in all areas. I don't trust him in one season. I trust him in every season. Look here together in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, 23 is a beautiful story of a lifestyle of trust and how God is going to address not just an individual about trust, but really a community about trust. See, what I think, Zoe, is that you and I have the opportunity, not for one of us or two of us to gain trust out of this situation, but for our whole community to gain trust out of this situation. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, it says it this way. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. And suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him and said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Then the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. If you're taking notes in your home or your car, your laptop, wherever you're watching uh, today's message from, write down the title. It's called Trust Issues. And I love what the Bible's showing us here because... Jesus previously, we'll look at it in just a moment. He has just told the disciples that they've got to go to the other side. So God knows where he's taking them. And even in the midst of the storm, though Jesus is in the boat, they start to get afraid. In fact, the, the, the sea starts to rock and the, the wind starts to howl and, and the boat starts to become unsteady. And at first, the, the disciples are a little bit like, this is This is okay. everything's fine this is like us with the virus two weeks ago this is fine this is only in china this is not affecting us here in america and then all of a sudden it becomes something that is serious it's real so the disciples on the boat because of the reality of their circumstance they start to freak out a little bit and in the midst of their freaking out they start to look at each other and it's like hey one of us needs to go wake up jesus I'm just going to be honest. In my imagination, I think Peter was the first one that's like, I ain't waking him up. 
He's looked at one of them tax collectors like, you wake him up. One of them looks at it like Levi's, like, Levi, you do it. So in my imagination, they play rock, paper, scissors to see who has to wake up Jesus. One of them throws a rock, rock, you know, loses this to paper, paper beats him, and they got to go down, take the walk of shame, and wake up Jesus. They walk to the lower level of the boat, and they wake up Jesus. This is amazing, because yesterday I took my boys to the movies, and there was pretty much just my three boys and myself and two other people in the whole movie theater. And, um, and, and when we pulled up in, the, in my swagger wagon, in my minivan, to the movie theater, I didn't realize it, but my two-year-old Clive had fallen asleep from the house to the theater. And so I got around on his side, and I go, oh, no, he fell asleep. And so my six-year-old Winston goes, Dad, do you want me to wake him up? I said, yeah, can you just wake him up for me? And so my six-year-old rears back and slaps him in the face. And I was like, bro. What are you doing? This is not how you wake somebody up. By the way, he didn't wake up. He just took it, you know. <laughs> like, it, it, I was like, do you want someone to wake you up like that? He's like, no. I'm like, when you wake up somebody, you kind of, I can imagine the disciples just kind of very, with trepidation, just kind of like on his shoulder, um, sir, Jesus? Um, Jesus? Whoop, whoop, Jesus, sir. <laughs> Jesus comes too and he wakes up and he's like, what is it? <laughs> I don't even think Jesus wakes up nice from a nap. You know, he needs a couple minutes. Even he gets a grace period. And he wakes up from his nap and he comes up to the bow of the boat. But before he ever addresses the storm, he addresses their faith. Because I always think God is more concerned with your belief than he is your circumstance. God could have easily calmed the storm and then gave them a lesson, but he gave them a lesson in the midst of their situation. See, God is most after your faith. Your circumstance is secondary. Your belief in him is primary. So you got to understand how God works. He gets up and he actually rebukes the storm eventually, but he talks to them about their faith first. He says, oh, you of little faith. Which, by the way, aren't you glad that at least they have a little bit of faith? There is always a difference between little faith and unbelief. He's not saying you have unbelief. He's saying you have little faith. Little faith means there's still skin in the game. There's still a sacrifice here. There's still a little remnant of belief. He's saying your faith is not at the level it should be. If you had faith, if you had trust, you would have never woken me up from my divine nap. But because you don't have trust and you don't have faith, you are fretting and worrying and taking things into your hands. God says, no, no, no. You of little faith, you need to believe. You need to trust. I am God. I am good. And if I am here, everything's fine. You don't need me to to change anything. If I'm in the boat, you're going to be okay. Then after addressing, by the way, he didn't address one of them. He addressed all of them. It was the community of believers that he was teaching a lesson. It wasn't just Peter. It wasn't just James. It wasn't just John. It was the whole church he was teaching a lesson. So he said, guys, you have little faith, and you need to graduate to a greater belief and a greater trust in me. He turns, and he rebukes the wind, and he rebukes the wave. Now, Matthew, in chapter 8, Matthew gives us three examples of the power of God. He gives us an example of Jesus' power over nature. 
his power over the demonic, and then his power over sin. This is the first of three examples. And he's trying to teach us as believers, Matthew the author, he's trying to show us that Jesus is above it all. He is above sin. He is above the demonic. And let me tell you something. He is above nature. And he casts this wind. He casts this storm. He makes the waves bow down. And when it all goes calm, because you got to know this about God. In one word from God, your storm could go to peace. So all of a sudden, in the midst of the tempest, boom, he stops it on a dime. It didn't happen gradually. It didn't happen in a couple months. It happened right there in that moment. And as it all went still, in my imagination, Jesus kind of looked at his disciples and was like, what you got to say now? As if to say, you do know who you're rolling with, right? You do understand that I'm in control. You do understand I know what I'm doing. I don't nap because I'm negligent and, don't, and I'm unaware. I nap because I've got the whole thing under control. Come on, Zoe, I'm thankful today. God is at peace right now. He's not caught off guard. There's no surprise with my God. So just a heads up. It's not that God has an issue. It's that we have an issue. And our issue is trust. Trust is faith. Trust is belief. And we've got to believe that God is God. We've got to believe that God's got this. We've got to believe that he is in control. So right now, wherever you are, let's bow our heads and let's pray. And let's believe that God will come and speak to us. Jesus, we thank you that you're awesome. We thank you that you are mighty, you are good, you are kind, you are loving, and you are in control. We thank you that today our church is rising in trust. We are believing at a level we've never believed before. We believe that you are who you say you are, and you can do what you said you would do. We look to you for our confidence. We look to you for our provision, and we look to you for protection. We declare we don't have a trust issue at Zoe. We trust you with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. We love you more than anything else. God bless every person that is facing unbelievable circumstance show up in an unbelievable way and show off in an unprecedented way in jesus name and we all said together come on let's applaud and thank god together come on zoe you know we're not together but we still clapping because we love to clap at zoe I don't know if you are uh, the type of person that you have trust issues. I don't know if you are slow to trust some, some people. I heard someone say recently, trust is given. Mistrust is earned. You can earn mistrust. Some of us have trust issues because people have let us down. People haven't come through. Have you ever text somebody and they text you back and they're like, hey, um, I'm busy right now. Let me call you back in 10 minutes. And they never called or text back, you know, or, or the other day I saw this beautiful, awesome photo on social media. And it was this, this, this girl who was getting ready to go to her daddy daughter dance. And the dad said he would be there and never showed up. So the brother who looked like maybe he was a year or two older, he got in his suit and he took his, his sister to the daddy daughter dance and stood in place because the dad broke trust. 
All of us have experienced trust being broken. All of us have been disappointed. All of us have been at somebody's house and asked for the passcode to the Wi-Fi and somebody's been like, oh, my Wi-Fi is so fast and it was slow. You know what I'm talking about. You know who they are. Text them right now. Tell them you hate them. Kidding. Come on, you guys. Let's just have some fun still. But the reality is all of us have gone through issues. All of us have been disappointed. And all of us at one level or another have trust issues. Now, you might have trust issues with your Wi-Fi. You might have trust issues with your boss. You might have trust issues with a friend. But when it comes to God, I want to encourage you. You can trust in God. You can trust him with everything you've got. You can trust him in the circumstance you're facing. You can trust him no matter what you go through. Our God is a trustworthy God. He's a promise giver, but he's a promise keeper. Come on, if you believe it today, just thank God for who he is. Come on, he's never let us down. The Bible literally says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen him leave the righteous out to dry. Never seen him leave his children going like, you guys sort it. Good luck, Chuck. You're out there on your own. No, God is a very present help. God is a reality in your circumstance. God knows what's going on in your life. And just out of this story, I want to give you four truths to write down. Four things to consider with what we're going through in our nation and in our world. Write down the first one. Jesus knows where he's leading you. I love this so much. Look here in Matthew and go back to uh, chapter 8, Matthew chapter 18, or sorry, chapter 8. And just a couple verses before this, watch what Jesus says in verse 21. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Sees this crowd, they're gathering around Jesus. He's like, guys, we got to go to the other side. So he literally knows he's taking them somewhere. Now, if you notice in our reading, it says they didn't get into a boat. It says they got into the boat. The boat that God wanted them to get into. It wasn't just some random boat on the side. It was the boat, the vehicle God wanted to use to take them to the destination he had for them. So why is Jesus napping? Why is he sleeping? Because he knows the vehicle. He knows the circumstance that's going to appear. And he knows the destination he's going. Just a heads up, God knows where he's leading your life. You might be sitting here today going like, this is confusing. This is not what I imagined. This is not what I envisioned. I thought you were the God that leads me to green pastures. I thought you were the God that leads me to still waters. I thought you were the God that is good. No, God is good. God is in control. And God knows where he's taking you. And sometimes he takes you not around a storm, but he takes you through a storm. Why does he take us through storms? Because sometimes we wouldn't graduate to the faith that you need without a circumstance that changes you he's using this storm to build their faith he's using this circumstance to address what is lacking in their life he knew the boat he knew the destination he knew where he's going have you ever been in the car with somebody that you can tell right away you have no idea where we're going Today, we drove to the ministry center, and I was rolling with my friend Chase. Chase was driving. I was in the passenger seat, and um, I know how to get to the ministry center. He obviously does not know how to get to the ministry center. He's, he's in the wrong lane. He's in the wrong exit. Finally, I looked at my man. I was like, bro, you have no idea where you're going. Like, don't even act like you can't connect. You know, my map's not working. You just don't know. Sometimes it feels like God does not know what he's doing, and he doesn't know where he's taking you 
I just want to tell you, he never takes you around hardship. takes you through hardship. Wouldn't it be awesome if you can, remember that old saying, can't go under it, can't go over it, can't go around it. I guess I'll go through it. The only way to your destiny is through the situation that you're facing. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. It is what it is. It's raining. It's windy. It's stormy. The boat's rocking. But there's only one thing we can count on. God knows that we were going to face this storm. God knows. He's in control. He's a good God. He got us into this boat. He got us into this body of water. It's interesting to me that the guys that are waking him up are fishermen. Fishermen who are experts of the water, are waking up a guy who is an expert in carpentry. They're waking up the carpenter on what to do in the midst of a storm. I'll tell you why they're turning to Jesus, though. They're turning to Jesus because they are saying, you know what you're doing. You have an answer. You have a solution that we do not have. Come on, clap and thank God. I just want to encourage you. He knows where he's taking you. And number two, just be encouraged. Write down, Jesus is in your boat. You'll be going through the worst situation, the worst circumstance, a terrible season, no money, no, nothing going good for you. But just heads up, if God is in this, you're good. Jesus is in your boat. Some of us have it twisted. We think that God is only in the boats of the good people, the people that are doing good, doing the right thing, the good Christians, the people that don't have issues. No, we all have issues. We all have sin. We've all fallen short. Jesus is in their boat, but Jesus is in your boat. And let me just tell you, if God could do it for them, he can do it for you. If God did it back then, he could do it right now. If God had did it for over there in that geography, he could do it right now in this city come on thank him he's in your boat he's in your boat look at this matthew chapter 8 verse 25 oh i love this scripture then his disciples came to him and they awoke him and they said lord save us we are perishing they woke him up and they're like oh we 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 were afraid because we were facing this i just want to put you at rest if jesus is in your boat that means that god is there and wherever god is faith can be there translation if you wake up and God is not in your house and he is not in the car with you and he is not at your workplace I give you all the reason I give you a free pass freak out have crazy anxiety lose your mind because if God's not there you have the ability to lose your mind but if God is there you should have faith it's going like God's here God's on the boat God's with me in the situation I don't know what I'm facing, but I know it's not bigger than God. I know that God is with me, so who can be against me? Jesus is with me in the midst of this situation. Clap right now if you're grateful. Jesus is in the boat. It takes faith. It takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to trust in God. It takes, listen, what we're going to have to exercise at Zoe for the next few weeks or however long this transpires, our faith has to rise. Let me just show you what faith is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one, it says this. It says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It takes faith to discipline yourself, to 
sit on that boat, have the rain hit you in the face, and be like, you know what? It's bad right now, but God is good. It doesn't look that good right now, but God is in control. It might not be what I want, but I know my faith is in Jesus. So I'm not going to go by what I see. I'm not going to go by what I hear. I'm not going to go by what I feel. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. We live by the unseen. We live by the promise that God is in my boat. Come on, Zoe, clap. Let's go to another level of faith. So what I'm saying in my heart and what I'm saying in my mind is that Jesus is in my boat. Jesus is in the hospital with me. Jesus is in my house. Jesus is in my workplace. Jesus is with me this week. He's going to be with me next week. He's with me every day. He's with me when I go to bed. He's with me when I wake up in the morning. Jesus is Lord and Jesus never leaves us. He never forsakes us. If Jesus is in your boat, you got nothing to worry about. Amen to that. Here's the third thing. Jesus is is in control even when things don't look like it. Jesus is in control even when things don't look like it. You might be like, man, you, you know, it does not look like Jesus is in control whatsoever. It, it, to the natural, it, it, I got to be honest, pastor, it does not look like God's got this under control. I just want to tell you, even when it doesn't, all throughout the scriptures, when it didn't look like God was in control, he was in control. If you could interview all the guys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into a fiery furnace. It doesn't look like God is in control, but he's in control. Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den. It does not look like God is in control, but God is in control. Moses is standing in front of a Red Sea, a body of water. Pharaoh and the army are chasing him down. It does not look like God is in control, but God is in control. David is running. He's a little teenage boy against a massive Goliath, this huge giant. It doesn't look like God is in control but God is in control. Even when things don't look like it, he still is. He's in control. Look at this scripture in Isaiah. This is a promise right here for this situation. Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't be afraid. I got this. Don't be, don't be fearful. I'm in control. Yesterday when I took my boys to the movies, it did not look like I was in control. One of them's running into this one uh, theater number eight. I don't know what eight was playing, but my two-year-old should not watch that movie. So I'm running, chasing down him. And then my four-year-old's running somewhere else. And my six-year-old's got Sour Patch Kids and Red Vines. Who, did he steal them? I don't know how he got them. And I, I'm not in control. These boys are in control. Even when it doesn't look like God is in control. He is still in control. You've got to discipline yourself. I know, the, I know the rain is pouring. I know the wind is howling, but you can't go by the volume of wind. You've got to listen to the wind of heaven. You can't go by the volume of rain. It's going to rain again, says the spirit of the living God, and it will rain goodness and grace. Be still and know that I am God. I'm in control. I'm in control. God is in control. The earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. God is not caught off guard by a virus. God is not caught by surprise based upon what we're facing in our nation and our world. God is not sitting up in heaven going, what do I do? God saw it. He knew it. He's sovereign. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He knows the front to the end. He is in control. And he is seated on the right hand. He is ruling. He is sovereign. He is good. And he is not fretting. He is 
not worried. He is not in heaven having a panic attack. He is just good, and he's bringing us through because he is in control. And the last thing I want to encourage you with, thank you again for joining us. And it means the world that we can gather as a church today and listen to his word and sing songs of his faithfulness and hear a message about how good God is. So here's the last thing I want to say to you today and be encouraged by this. This might be the most powerful part of the whole message because you got to get this in your spirit today. Write down number four. Jesus is our peace. This is who he is. He doesn't just have power over sin and, and the demonic and over, over nature. He's not just a God that's in control. What I love about Jesus is that Jesus is a God of peace. Jesus has so much peace. Peace is his name. He is the prince of peace. Listen to what Jesus says here in John 14. I love this verse so much. John chapter 14. Keyboard player, you can come join me. See, it's just like church. Just like, just like Sundays right there. Keyboard player, come join me. John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Because my peace I leave with you. Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, be anxious in nothing but in everything. Through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, He's a God of peace. He is peace. And He proves it here in this story. And he's proving it right now in your circumstance. He gets up from his nap. I wonder if he like yawned and stretched. I guarantee he didn't run up to see what was going on. He comes up. Mind you, it's still raining. It's still howling like when Jesus talks to these guys. And he addresses their faith. He says, you have little faith. Like, guys, you know who I am. You, you've seen me perform miracles. The disciples at this point had already seen Jesus do crazy stuff. So he addresses their belief in him. And then in one turn, he pivots and he speaks to the elements. And in one moment, he calms that which is raging. Because Jesus is peace. And wherever he is, there is not torment. There's not anxiety. There is not fear. When Jesus shows up, peace enters the room in fact this is how the enemy works he always works in fear tactics he wants you to be afraid of the future he wants you to be afraid of what's going to happen be afraid of catching something he wants you to be afraid of tomorrow this is he works in anxiety he's this is how he works this is his best stuff he has this is the move that he's been using forever and ever. The same thing he's been using and he's going to use in the future. But you and I both know that where he brings in torment, God brings in peace. This is just how God works. In fact, whenever God shows up, that which is tormented has to be still. I had this friend that was telling me recently they're really afraid for their child because their child is having bad nightmares. And really struggling at night with nightmares. They don't know what to do. They're asking for advice. And they said all of a sudden in the middle of the night, their child will wake up and just be screeching, screaming, tormented by the enemy. 
And my, my heart went out to this parent when they were telling me this story. Because I thought to myself, first thought, that is not from God. God does not operate for that is an attack of the enemy. That is the wicked one at work. That is evil. That is demonic. And so we need to pray peace. We need to declare that God will come and comfort and show up and bring hope. You ever hear that expression when somebody says, oh, last night I slept like a baby. I just slept. Oh, man. I wish I could sleep like a baby. I got too many kids to sleep like that right now. But one day I will again. But but I just want to encourage you. You can sleep like a baby knowing that God is at work. You can sleep like a baby knowing that he's the prince of peace he's at work he's gonna calm the storm he's in control he knows where we're going come on just thank god right now god is good god is for us so in summary today we don't have a god issue we have trust issues god doesn't have a problem yo god i don't know what you're gonna do with this virus we don't know what you're gonna no god's leading us God's peace. God's in control. He knew the boat we were getting into. He knew the storm we'd face. And he knows the destination we're going. So we can turn to him and we can look to him and we don't have to run down these stairs and wake him up in a frantic panic. No, we can just stand there and be still and know that God is good and we can trust in the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. Come on.